Thank you, Todd. Never follow children. Uh, I think that's what comedians say, and I'm not a comedian, so I'm good. I'm safe. Uh, we've been taking a deep dive into one part of this Christmas story, Luke chapter 2. And uh, I want to take us one step further. We're in Bethlehem on the hillside outside the city. And uh, this is the story of uh, the shepherds and the angels show up to them. And uh, I just want to focus right now on just one verse. It says in Luke 2, chapter 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Now, if you look at that verse and see how the literal words play out, I was caught by these two phrases. Literally, they say, let us go. And then let us see. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. Christmas time, going and seeing. And in verse 16, it says, So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. Well, the angel spoke to them. What did the angel say? You heard one of the children say this, what the angel said. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. You know, I'm struck by the fact that every time you heard angels talking to Mary, to Joseph, even to Zechariah, and to the shepherds, the angel always said, don't be afraid. Why? Because they were terrified with what was happening around them. It was shocking. The angel said, don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. The good news of the gospel is all wrapped up in an announcement for all people centered in Jesus. The good news is not an idea. It's not just facts. It's not a theory. The good news is a person. And the person was this baby. And he was to be given the name Jesus. I mean, this to me is astounding. And it's become so familiar that it's easy to just let it pass by. But the Lord of the universe arrives as a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. I can imagine God. I don't know what it was like, but with all the angels and all that was happening in heaven, getting this idea of how he was going to make things new again, how he was going to set to right everything that was wrong. I can imagine God beginning to chuckle, in fact, laughing and saying, I got this crazy idea and nobody is going to get it. You know what I'm going to do? I, the creator, the God of the universe, I'm going to come into their world as a baby in a manger. There, there's just no way you or I would ever think of that story. But God did. Now think about those shepherds for a few moments. They're four to five miles outside of 
Bethlehem and they're on, they're on a hillside. How, how many shepherds do you think there were? Like, I don't think there were very many. It's probably just a handful of dudes out there. It's the middle of the night. It's dark. It's cold. They're out there protecting sheep. That's their job. And the entire world's asleep. And then this happens. I, I think this morning for just a couple moments, the shepherds can lead us in Advent. Let, let's let them lead us. I think there's, um, there's a couple different Christmases going on. I mean, you feel them. You're part of them. One has to do with malls and Amazon, right? It has to do with presents. It has to do with family and wonderful food and celebration and snowball. Well, maybe not snowball fights here, but, you know, just like, like um, it, it's, it's so good, but there's pressure, you know? We feel pressure. Maybe some, uh, not to overgeneralize, but, but, but some of you are feeling like, I got a whole week till Christmas. And others of you are feeling like, oh, no, it's coming. And I'm not ready. I'm not ready for whatever I'm supposed to be doing. This Christmas is about money and credit card debt in January. It just, it, it's filled with so many expectations that you and I have grown up with that we feel like we have to get swept away with it because we can't fight it. And you know, this Christmas, this Amazon Christmas, it doesn't need Jesus, right? Jesus is, is re- irrelevant to that Christmas. So, but this morning we saw a, another Christmas. We saw a second Christmas that is the shepherds saying, in the middle of the night, just a few guys, dirty and smelly, guarding their sheep, saying, oh my goodness, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. That was the original Christmas. And you know what? They didn't need Amazon, the malls, or presents, or money. No, they just said, let's get there, let's go, and let's see. So uh, Todd introduced us to the first scene with these shepherds where the angel showed up in the middle of the night with this pyrotechnic announcement of the good news that God had entered the world as a baby. That was the first scene, and they had no choice about it, Right? They were the recipients of an announcement. But now we get to the second scene that I'm focusing on this morning, and that is they had a decision to make. Now it was their turn to make a response in light of what they'd seen, what they heard. Now, the shepherds don't tell us the whole story of faith, but but they tell us the beginning. They tell us the beginning, their decision to get up and to go. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. So I just want to reflect for a couple moments. Let us go and let us see. The shepherds lead us in Christmas by inviting us to decide to go. And it's a time for a decision. It's a time for a response. A response to the world around us. A response to to what's happening in our lives, in our families. A response to the good news that inserts itself into our world, even through the children this morning. It requires some initiative. And, 
you know, we've been, we've been lighting, well, we haven't been really lighting. We've been placing candles as we celebrate each week of Advent. And as Amanda reminded us, um, in the Advent candles, we anticipate the first Advent, that's Jesus being born in a manger, and then we're also ready for the second Advent. We anticipate the fact that the first time Jesus came in a manger as a baby, but the second time he'll come as the Lord of the universe, returning to take those he loves to be with him. But I would suggest that there's another advent right in the middle. And that's the birth of Jesus in my heart. There's an advent that is a decision on my part to say yes to that savior. For me to take the initiative to go, to move toward Jesus. It's, it's, the, it's the awakening of faith. And you've probably felt that before, whether you're a um, long time like, follower of Jesus and you kind of understand all this, or you, you're just kind of new to it and you're thinking, there, there's something bigger than me going on. There's, there's light out there. There's something warm. There's something good that's out there in spite of um, the craziness of the world that we live in. This is the first crossing the line of faith. It's, it's like, it's this, it's this step that we take where we say, I'm going to go. I'm going to move toward this light, this truth, this Jesus. It's a time when we can say, um, the government of my own life is going to be placed on the shoulders of the Christ. And I would suggest, because I know this is true for me, that it has to be renewed often. This, this crossing the line of faith, this trust, this yielding my life to Jesus, it has to be renewed over and over. That's why we gather Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, rain or shine. You never have to wonder if the river's going to meet on the beach, except for what James said, we're not meeting on Christmas Day. But we, if it's raining, if there's a tornado, well, if Anto tells us there's lightning and a tornado, we can't meet here. But that's why we meet every week, to renew this faith inside of us, because we need it. We get beat down. And Christmas needs to be renewed every year. Because, let's face it, in 2022, a lot of you experienced a significant amount of pain and loss. And that's the weird juxtaposition of Christmas where it's all joy and beauty and happiness and family. And yet I know while we sit here on the beach that inside you also have this churning of it can't live up to the expectations, the pressure and we do our best, but we know inside there's still another story going on. And so we have to renew our faith again and again and guard against cynicism and combat busyness because we don't want to be Scrooge, do we? We don't want to be the Grinch. But there's something inside of every human heart that can cause us to move in that direction. So the shepherds show us, they took the initiative to go, to move toward Jesus. And the shepherds didn't know much. 
the angels just made the announcement. They didn't know everything about following Jesus, but they just got up, they hurried, and they went. And so I wonder this morning, what would it look like for us? Uh, what, what would it look like for you this Christmas to take some steps toward Jesus with a fresh heart, an open heart, a renewed faith, or even a first-time faith of stepping toward Jesus. But uh, they show us, uh, not only let's go, but let's see. They said, let us go and see. Let's go see. Let us see. Let, let's, get a, let's get a look. This was up close and personal. Not, not from a distance, but up close and personal. To see Jesus with your own eyes. Not, not through the eyes of another person. The word someone else says. Uh, I live in the Delphi where Luke and Hans, uh, Luke and Brittany and Hans and Tina live. It's a lovely place, that gray, uh, tall apartment building with the, with the elevator shaft in the back. And uh, all of us live on the ocean side, so we got, we got this view every day. And uh, I often sit on my chair and talk with God, and as the sun comes up, I can see dolphins coming by the window from a distance. And uh, it's really cool. But that's from a distance. And so sometimes I'll take out my binoculars and I'll, I'll, get, a, I'll get a closer look. Wait, wait, is that a whale or a dolphin or maybe a shark? And, uh, and so then I can see it better with, with binoculars. But then sometimes I get my paddleboard and I walk down here and I paddle over the cove. There's something really different about seeing a dolphin from a distance from your balcony and all of a sudden have it surface right next to you and hear it breathing. And you know what? They are so much bigger than we think they are when we see them from a distance. And this is the invitation of the shepherds to move from a balcony faith to in the water faith. Like to get in there and, and really see it. And so, I, you know, I, I love uh, lights at Christmas. You know, Christmas is a, is a season of lights, and you have them on your tree, maybe on your house, maybe you've gone walking in the Christmas neighborhood, the light neighborhood. And uh, I, I, just, I love those lights. You know what other light I love? I love the light of morning after I've had one of those nights that I know you've had. When you wake up at like two or three in the morning, and then you begin thinking about stuff and your life and things you're supposed to do and money and family and kids. And then the thoughts go to yourself and you start now with self-recrimination. And isn't it weird how in the middle of the night you can have these terrifying conversations with yourself about your life and then the sun comes up and the light shines in your window and you get perspective and you realize, oh, wait a minute. It's not that bad. You know another light that I really love when you go backpacking 
and you're out there in the wilderness and you build a fire because you're deathly afraid that a mountain lion or a bear is going to come and eat you. And there's just something so uh, um, safe and warm and comforting about a fire in the wilderness. We, we need light. We need light in order to see. And in the Bible, light in contrast to darkness is a picture of goodness and beauty. Whenever you see light in the Bible, it's, it, it's talking about God and Jesus and faith and peace and purity. It's a beautiful thing. In fact, one of the prophecies that the, 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 the early Jews anticipated was from Isaiah 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. There's something about light in the Bible. And two weeks ago, Todd gave this line. That stuck with me. The greater the darkness, the greater the light. And my friends, we do live in a darkening world. And the angel said, hey, don't be afraid. This light is dawning. The, the, The end of your anxious night is coming and the light is rising. This morning, I know there's some obstacles to seeing. One, of course, is darkness, okay? When we're in the dark, we have a really hard time being able to see, right? But another obstacle to seeing is distraction. It is possible to be so distracted by all sorts of shiny objects that we miss the main thing. Another obstacle to seeing is fog. And I want to tell another paddling story. It's about Todd and myself. We, we entered into a race, a race to the R10 buoy, which is a, a, bit, a bit out there. And uh, so we all lined up here, and they sent us out into the water. It was one of those windy, cold, the water was all bumpy, not ideal for paddling at all. And uh, it kind of foggy. So we take off. We're going, and Todd and I are way in the back, and uh, all the youngins were just whooping us, but we get out past the peninsula, and it's getting foggier and foggier, and then uh, the race organizers had their boat out there, and they stopped us all, and there we were. We were stopped in this little pool of light with nothing but fog around us, and they said, "We're we're calling the race off. Because we're afraid of those two old guys going the wrong way and getting lost. Have you ever been in fog? Have you ever been in the ocean in fog? You can get lost so easy because there's, there's no landmarks. There's, there's no trail. There's no forest. There's, there's nothing but water. And you go, I don't know if the land is that way or that way. So they wisely called the race off and... Uh, and we headed back home, which was a relief because it was so cold and bumpy and miserable and we were last. <laughs> but fog can obscure your vision and fog comes in all sorts of ways. But actually, there's another obstacle and that is bias. Sometimes we can't see because we've made up our mind. 
or the algorithms have made up our mind for us. We all have biases that cause us to be able to see or not see, to see certain things, but other things are invisible to us. And that may be true about Christmas. But the last one, the one I think is, is the most insidious that's so prevalent today, and that is there's an obstacle to seeing that's called indifference. We're just, we're just indifferent. We're just going through life and we don't really care. Ali Wiesel said, the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. The opposite of love is not hate. It's far worse than hate. It's just flat out indifference. And the shepherds got up and they hurried to see Jesus, to really see Jesus. And to be honest, um, most people in Bethlehem and Jerusalem and Rome, they never saw Jesus, ever. Jesus was born, and the next morning, everyone got up and went to work. They just went about their day. But God had just entered into the world, and people yawned, went about their day. But in verse 18, all who heard what the shepherds said were amazed and said to them, this is incredible. And I kind of reflected, how, how many people heard the shepherds? It wasn't that many people. And I think the same is true today. I think we live in a world that is mostly indifferent to the real Christmas. Indifferent to Jesus. Indifferent to the amazing good news that God has taken the initiative to come into our world as a baby and live amongst us. Indifference. Can't see it. Invisible. No faith has been ignited inside. No initiative to go. No ability to see. So this morning... I just want to give us a couple minutes to reflect. And uh, here we are on the beach. I mean, it's just gorgeous down here. And in the midst of this season, in the midst of, of all that's on your plate, all of the, the distractions, all the fog that settles down in your life, a, a moment to check our bias and maybe even to shake off Indifference. I want to just give us a minute or two to be quiet in this beautiful place. I want to give us an opportunity just to, for a moment, prioritize our lives. To just breathe. To breathe for a moment. And to say all the other, all the other parts of Christmas, they're, they're, they're going to, they'll happen after after this morning. I'll get to them, but for a minute or two, let's set them aside. The angel said, don't be afraid. You don't need to be afraid. You can be calm. You can breathe. It's going to be okay. Okay.
because God took the initiative before we ever had to. And maybe this might be a moment of awakening of faith. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So I just want to invite you, just we'll be quiet together. Just reflect and see what Jesus does inside of your heart, inside of this Christmas season. And Amanda will um, lead us out of a moment of silence and reflection into our last worship song. And then James will come and uh, we'll celebrate at the table. So will you just take a couple deep breaths? Just breathe in the life and light of the real Christmas season. Just breathe in and let, let the anxiety, let the worries that come in, just let them come and then let them go. Just let them, let them blow on. And just for your own soul, for your own health, your own heart, 60 to 75 seconds of just calm and peace. Well, in this place of reflection, I want to invite you all to stand. Um, we're going to finish with a worship song and come to the table. Desperation, I turn to heaven and 
spoke your name into the night then through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul the work is finished the end is written Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? Who could imagine so great a mercy? What I could fathom, such boundless grace. The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross, the cross is spoken. I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living. Let's sing it together. Hallelujah.
death has lost its grip on me You have broken every chain There's salvation in your name Jesus Christ, my living hope Oh God, you are So much hope, so much hope we speak of and we live we live in. And Bill, I just thank so much for bringing us that um, just super important, real message. I love that metaphor or just the lived experience of the terrors of the night that I think a lot of us can find ourselves slipping into around that 2, 3, 4 a.m. moment. And you're racing and you're racing and when the light dawns, suddenly you realize it's gonna be okay. And the fact that this is what the angels are announcing for an entire people, for an entire species, for a planet, light is dawning in this child. So we end our service every week down here um, with just kind of a free flow communion, which is just, there's, there's these little, they look like hourglasses, and on one side is a little grape juice, other side is a little bitty wafer. These are really just little symbols of a much greater truth, which is that this Jesus who was born would then give his life for our sins. And then that morning of the resurrection, when that tomb is open, like we were singing about, like that morning came that we celebrate. So we close like this. Um, we'll have a little music playing. Come grab some communion, take it as you'd like. The service is over. Uh, except we have one last ritual. It's the annual ritual of the hay bale carry, which I'm most excited about. So Brian will lead us in that time-honored tradition. Um, so I'm gonna invite you now, come forward, take some communion, give some hugs or conversations or whatever's gonna happen. We're, we're just gonna end with celebration. So Merry Christmas, we'll see you Christmas Eve, 4 p.m. Catalina Room, and then New Year's Day here back on the beach.